Welcome to the Fitness Oracle, where we have real conversations with real people just like you, with real stories just like yours, and this is one of their stories. I am your host, John Katsavos. My guest today is Rachel Lavin. She is a publisher. She is a published author, professional speaker, body love coach, certified health coach, and a certified personal trainer. She grew up in North Carolina and has lived in various cities across the United States. Rachel has been working in the fitness industry since 2000, teaching a variety of classes and becoming an independent trainer in 2012. She became an ACE certified health coach in 2018 and wrote her first book, The Donut Diaries, in 2020. Rachel's book chronicles her struggles with weight and restrictive diets and aims to help others with negative body image. Her three pillars of fitness are nourishment, for the mind and body, movement and rest. And her mission is to create a safe space for all women to feel whole in their bodies. In this episode, we talk a lot about uh, body image, uh, self-acceptance, self-confidence that comes from self-acceptance. Um, and we talk a whole lot about her book. We talk, we talk about her book and we talk a whole lot about some really interesting and deep topics. Um, some of them, which is for some us, for some of us guys, is is a little bit tough to, for us to express ourselves. We even talk about, you know, finding the right men's group and being a part of it. Uh, what's right for you? So, um, I really hope you guys enjoy this episode. Are you guys ready to take your your life to the next level? Join the Fitness Oracle weekly newsletter today and get exclusive access to a range of exciting perks. As a subscriber, you'll be the first to know about our new episodes, and you'll get early access before they get released to the public. But that's not all. You'll also receive, one -on uh, you'll also receive a one-on-one -on -one phone call with me where we'll discuss your fitness and life, and life goals and how we can help you achieve them. And you'll get free access to our private community where we hold community calls to talk about these episodes and see how you are applying the lessons that you picked up into your life. And that's not all. As a member of our exclusive community, you'll get access to some of the, to some exciting programs that we're launching so that you can continue your journey towards health and wellness and podcasting because podcasting is a big part of this. You'll be surprised. Join the Fitness Oracle newsletter today and start your journey towards a happier, healthier you. Now, on with the show. Rachel, welcome to the show. Thank you, John. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you. I can't wait to dive into this topic. And uh, you've got we've got some interesting uh, some interesting topics to talk about. So, uh, first and foremost, what got you interested in this line of work? It is definitely very personal for me. I share 
in my book, I share a little bit with you when we talked that, you know, I struggled with my weight my entire life. And especially as an adult woman in the fitness industry, that was a very interesting place to be. Um, so I just have always felt like I wanted to help other people, but how long I've been in the industry, how I do that has definitely evolved. Interesting. Have there any mo have there been any moments where you've just said, screw this, I'm just going to go get a nine to five, forget all of it. Uh, I'm just going to focus on a steady paycheck and uh, everything is neat and it's neat little boxes. I think about that every day, <laughs> especially <laughs> as I'm building this business and there's like not a lot of money coming in. I'm like, what am I doing? But there's always messages from the universe. And I believe that with all my heart and to keep going and that the, that my message is important keeps me going. Yeah. Awesome. I, I love the message too, especially um, uh, now, now that I'm myself getting a little bit up there in the age group, uh, things are starting to slow down like metabolism wise. And I'm starting to notice myself that, you know, it's easier for me to pack on the weight. It's harder for the weight to come off. And for somebody who's been skinny his whole life, it's a new concept, uh, especially the, the stuff that we're going to be talking about today. Is, uh, we'll, we'll get into it right now with uh, body love. What do you mean by body love? What I mean by that is we can strive to be aesthetically perfect as much as we want, but if we don't love ourselves, we're definitely not going to ever be happy with whatever end result that is. And if we don't love our bodies as the vessel that gets us through this life, we're never really going to be happy. So I love that people are on this body positivity kick and it's so long overdue. But my message is a little bit more deeper and it's a little more intense because I myself have been a size zero and a size 12, 14 and everything in between. So when I was a size zero at what I probably everyone in the world thought I was the happiest I could be, I was the most miserable. So I think that because I didn't love myself at the time that I didn't really get that that message was missed on me at that time. So I've learned that the more I love myself, the more I love what my body does, what it looks like, and how I can continue to live a happy, healthy lifestyle. That's interesting because um, through media, like regular media, social media, all that stuff, we have this, we've painted this, um, uh, this picture of what the ideal man and what the ideal woman is supposed to look like. And when you get there, you're supposed to be happy and, you know, money's going to rain down from the skies and you're going to be tasting the rainbows and riding unicorns. But it's quite interesting because people don't realize how much sacrifice you have to make in order to get there and to maintain that. Um mm -hmm. How do you help people come to that, 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 that understanding that, you know, that might not be where you want to be. 
I definitely love that question. And I think it looks different for everybody because people are always at a different stage in their journey. So if people are completely unaware of the negative things they say about themselves or the negative things that they do to themselves, then that conversation is a little more difficult. But if someone is ready, like, trust me, they have tried everything and finally they're coming to me at a place where they are ready to heal from their past trauma or ready to change their mindset or ready to just do things in the sense of this is a lifestyle. This is something I want to just make a part of my life as opposed to I'm getting married in six weeks. I want to drop 80 pounds. Let's do this. I, I hope that your listeners understand what a huge difference that that mindset is. So I think that it's important as a body love educator, as a health coach, as a personal trainer, however you want to see me, that I meet my people, my clients, my friends, the people in my life where they're at. And that really does look different for everyone. It sure does. Um, especially um, a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of people out there, they 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 don't see like this does affect men as well as as much as it does women, and men do some horrific stuff to their bodies. Agreed. With, with drugs, with uh, this uh, other thing that I was exposed, uh, I was introduced to a couple of years ago, where it's a mixture of oil and like like engine oil, engine yeah. oil and methane where they inject it into their muscles to make the muscles yeah. look big. I know it's disgusting <laughs> and it's vile and um, it's dangerous. It's, it's dang very dangerous. How do you help somebody say, you know what, this isn't right. Or I, maybe, <laughs> sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry. No, no, you go ahead. Or maybe somebody uh, has test has tried it. How do you tell them, you know, you gotta not do this because this is, you could <laughs> die. <laughs> well, that's exactly how I open it up. I'm like, you know, you're putting poison in your body, you know, and I try to talk to them in the way is like, here's your body shape. Here's what is going to happen if you work out. Here's what's going to happen if you pay attention to the things that go in your body. And then I ask, are you willing and open to accept that you aren't going to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger in his younger days, or that that is not going to be what the end result is for you. And I would agree with you on the fact that it still stems from how do I feel about myself? Do I love myself? What are my reasons for wanting to do this? It is unfortunately such astigmatism in our society you know women have to be as skinny and tiny as possible and men have to be as big and muscular as possible but what does that really even mean what does that do for relationships what does that do for your everyday life I think the more that I ask people to kind of visualize that and think about that then I can get somewhere <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure um, a, a, a big part of it is um, uh, being a, able to accept yourself as who you are right now in this moment. And um, I think that's what we're, 
my own personal perspective is we're the we're the ones that are missing this because personal trainers, health and wellness experts, we're supposed to look a certain way. And a lot of us were not really happy with it. Um, how do you bring to the foresight something? Um, how do you help somebody, you know, start to accept themselves as how they are rather than, you know, I think we've covered it a little bit. I'm curious to see if you have any more tips and tricks that you, that you, that you utilize. I just have to remind myself that it's, it's an ongoing conversation. It's not a quick fix. It's really, what are you willing to share with me? What are you willing to open up with me about your past? Because I can't say this enough that the way you see yourself today is absolutely a cause and effect of your past, whether it was your parents, your mother, a brother, sister, a teacher, a, a early coach, however someone formulated your mind to see your body is how you see your body now. Unless you've done the work and continually do the work to accept your ever-changing body because as we get older what our bodies change that is a fact of life but because and i'll say this again we live in this crazy society where you are able to do surgeries and things to your body and to your face to change that and it's so readily available to people i think that I'd rather do that than deal with my past trauma. So <laughs> that is makes my job for sure much more difficult. But I also believe that innately we all want to be happy, right? And sometimes we get to that point where, okay, I've done this, I've done that, I've done all the diets, I've done surgery, I've done all these things and I'm still not happy. The only thing that's left is to deal with your past. And once it's done, I have great news. It's done. You never have to look back once you've dealt with it. And even though that might seem very scary, trust me, it is the most freeing, most liberating thing that you could ever do for yourself. Mm -hmm. um, one talking point you just brought up, and I want to touch up on this because this is a very difficult thing, especially for men. We mm -hmm. do have a hard time opening up mm -hmm. and it's because, um, again, society has labeled us and pictured us and painted us as this stoic uh, pillar of the family, which technically we're supposed to be because we do, but we are people, we are humans, and we do have other emotions other than uh, yelling at the fit of yelling at the top of our lungs with anger to complete another love for everything and everybody in our lives. So mm. do you have men clients and how do you help them open up? Because it's a very interesting thing that I'm curious about. I have had men clients in my career and that has been a difficult thing. Not because they didn't want to, but like you said, I mean, it's just something that they grew up believing about themselves and it's a very hard habit to break. I, I can only say to you, John, that you have to want it. I am not a miracle worker, I'm not a magician, and I'm definitely not a therapist. So all I can do is support you 
and meet you where you're at and just have an open and honest conversation and be there with you in that present moment while you feel your feelings. And if you feel safe and you trust me, then that makes that part of our relationship much easier. So I do do my best to uh, be a good listener. You have to be a good listener. And, you know, I'm not there to fix you. I'm not there to fix the situation. I'm only there to advise you and offer suggestions and support you while you make those changes for yourself. Interesting. Because a lot of, a lot of, um, like I said, like we have, we have, it's not that we have a problem of opening up. We do, uh, especially to the people that are close to us. Sometimes we open up in different ways. The, the issue is trust. Like you said, how do you build that trust where a man can actually say, you know what, when I was uh, a kid, I was sexually abused by somebody close to me or something, because that's, we're not supposed to show that we're not supposed to talk about that. And mm -hmm. how, how do you build that trust with that man? I have had men tell me many things about their past like that. And I just, um, I am supportive. I don't react. I don't judge. I think most men, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, that's the last thing they want to feel when they share something with you is judged. Yes. You know, I have a client that I started training and <laughs> let's just put it this way. When I started training him, he was straight. When I stopped training him, he was gay. And in that time, he shared that part of his life with me. And the first thing I did was support him in that moment and make him feel safe and I just said thank you so much for trusting me with that and I can't wait to see where your journey goes from here and I made I kept it pretty simple but I I didn't judge I didn't react and I definitely didn't make a bigger deal about it than he and then than he was if that makes sense yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. And I don't, I don't judge men and you know what kind of how they how they live their lives or stuff like that. I don't judge that. Mm -hmm. um, it 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 does have a huge impact in a man's self confidence, and that's where the biggest thing um, impacts a man from opening up and talking about these things. Because, like you said, uh, we have a tendency of being afraid that we're going to be judged and that judgment will knock our self-confidence down. How mm -hmm. is self-confidence different from self-acceptance? I think they go hand in hand, but confidence for me means more that you feel safe to put your real self out into the world and share that with people. I also believe that it's really important that you know that that doesn't mean that you get to share that with everybody out in the world because there's a lot of people who are not ready to accept that kind of energy from someone and they don't know how to deal with that. No faults of their own. They're just, they're not emotionally at the same place you're at. So I think it's important to know, and we quantify that as being an oversharer, but we don't even have to do that. It's just, you don't have to share your story with everyone. I think once people, especially men, know who they can trust, that becomes much easier. And I think that in the past decade, 
there has been so many more resources for men and mental health and relationships with men that have changed that that has become something that is more accepted and a little easier now. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but that just me being out in the world is I'm seeing that. I see men who are a lot more like at peace with themselves and not so aggro all the time. Like, you know, you were talking about, it's like, it's either non-communication or it's anger. And when I was growing up in the eighties and nineties, I did see a lot of men in that space. And now I really see a shift. So I hope that that continues. And I think it's wonderful. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because uh, there have been uh, in, uh, more men's groups I've noticed. And I've personally been a part of three men's groups in my, what, two years that I've been doing this uh, self-discovery. Mm -hmm. And not all men's groups are the same. Mm -hmm. None of, not a lot of them are the same. Uh, one of the, some, it's, it's, Hmm. some of them are a little bit too aggressive. Some of them are not aggressive. Some of them are more supportive, but you have, how do you, how do you help? Do you suggest a man find a men's group to help him in his path? I have not up until this point, but thank you for the idea. I think, you know, I, I don't even know why I didn't think of that before because there's tons of women's groups out there. Right. So why wouldn't it be the same for men? So I will now. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, another just follow-up question to that is uh, it, how would you see a man finding the right men's group for him. Because like I said, like there, there's, there's multiple different types of men's groups. There's the, I've been part of one that was like, that I found completely and utterly toxic. And there was another mm -hmm. one that was, um, uh, that was a little bit too supportive, but I, you know, I wanted something a little bit more harder, not just, just, you know, pat me on the shoulders kind of thing, but I wanted that little kick in the butt. How would you help uh, a man find the right group for him? I definitely think it's important to be clear. Like, I think when you went to those trying them out, that you didn't have an expectation. So that was great. I think if you go into it with an open mind and realize that after one or two meetings, you're like, this is not what I'm really looking for. And, and not being afraid to be honest with yourself and say, this is not the right place for me. Let me, and don't give up after one bad experience. I think that's so important. Uh, because it does take time to find the people, your people, you know, I like to say that because it's true. It takes maybe one or two mishaps to find the group that is best suited for you. But I would suggest going into it with an open mind and open heart and to, to be pretty clear about what it is you're looking for. You know, if you're looking for something that's a little bit more, I want to talk about my feelings, but I don't want to like sit there and hold hands and hug the whole time. Like you have to look for that type of meeting, I'm sure. Is that, is that the um, uh, advice that you would give a woman looking for a women's group? It absolutely is for sure. Very cool. And that all fits into uh, like building, having a relationship with yourself. Um, what are some of the steps 
Like I'm in this process myself. I thought it was going to take me a year. <laughs> boy, was <laughs> I, boy, was I shocked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are the steps that you help people get, uh, build that, um, those initial walking, walking steps to identify who you are and what do you need to do to get to the next level? My first piece of advice was you cannot put a, a time constraint on it because you really have no idea how deep those traumas are. And I will share with you and your audience, even though this journey started for me 11 years ago on my 40th birthday, I am 51 now, that there was still, even up to about a year ago, I was really experiencing some anxiety and I had no idea why. And I, I realized in some of the things that I do for myself, which is I love therapy, I love meditation, and I love The Untethered Soul, which is a beautiful book by Michael A. Singer. And I keep it very close to me because I love to reread it or re-listen to it sometimes because I hear something different every time. And I realized that trauma lives in your body from the earliest of ages. And unless you consciously let it go, it will live there for your whole life. So let's just give you an example. You know, there's a blue car that drives by and all of a sudden you get very angry. Well, that's because your ex-girlfriend drove a blue car and you didn't like the way that relationship ended. But instead of like dealing with that and letting it go, I'm really simplifying it here, mm -hmm. but if you didn't let that go, that pain stays inside. And I've had to let go of some things that I didn't realize I was still hanging on to. And that is just a tell and a little bit of insight into how this journey of feeling like a whole person can take a long time. So patience is key having no expectations of how it gets done and then sticking to it. So those would be my three pieces of advice when you're kind of going through a self-discovery part of your life. Very cool. Very cool. Um, I do want to touch up on the letting go part. Um, we do have a very hard time letting go of stuff, even though mm -hmm. we may think that we can let go, but we don't let go. How do you, Hmm. How can I phrase this question? That'll make sense. <laughs> How do you coach somebody that has that has such deep, deep hurt in them to let go of that hurt when that hurt has become comfortable and a part of their own character? Yes, that is so true for many of us, isn't it? I have to ask you to sit in your discomfort and to go back there and talk about it and really ask yourself, how is that, which hurt me so badly 50 years ago, 30 years ago, 10 minutes ago, serving me now? Is it giving me any type of feeling that I want to carry off into the next part of my life? If it makes me angry or makes me sad or makes me fearful or, or causes resentment or makes me just really pull the trigger on relationships, 
if you're always ending a relationship because someone peed you off, then you really need to look at that. Like why, why did, what happened to you to make you just, you know what I mean? It's, it's, I, I feel like I'm super oversimplifying it, but I'm really not. It, it is kind of easy. Once you start to figure out that that caused this behavior and you don't want it anymore, you can really work towards letting it go. So what you're trying to say is like people who self-sabotage themselves in whatever relationship, um, like physical relationship or professional relationship or, you know, relationship with anything, they have some form of un some healed. form of un yeah un unhealed they're not healed from past trauma mm -hmm. what if the person doesn't know where that hurt came from then that's where i have to step aside and say you need to see a therapist or maybe even you know a hypnotist i don't know but i, I definitely know where my lane starts and my lane ends i can listen to you until the the cows come home but when it comes to like that deep, deep stuff, you definitely need at that point, a professional person. Gotcha. Is it okay for people to get angry so long as they don't hurt anyone? And I mean like physical anger. I mean, Oh God, that's a loaded question, mister. <laughs> Because, I mean, we all do, right? We all yeah. get so mad that we want to punch something. But then look at our society now. People do not know how to um, control themselves. And there's lots of violence that happens on airplanes and lots of violence that happens in the streets. So my personal belief is if you're at that point where you feel like you could strike another human being you best believe that it's time to deal with yourself because in my opinion, that is never okay. And we're never going to get anywhere as a collective society. If that's how we deal with each other, that's just how I feel. Do you think a form, um, an outlet as such as martial arts, do you think that would be a good place for somebody to, um, let that expression of emotion out yeah i think any type of bodily movement is a beautiful catalyst for those emotions i i recommend i mean you're asking a personal trainer here i think that <laughs> i think that that is one of the most important ways to deal with those emotions i mean they don't have kickboxing and boxing classes for nothing right it's true <laughs> That's true. That's true. And that's why I always, that's always my uh, default uh, uh, outlet myself. But at what point, see, just because, see, here's the thing. Like, just because somebody has the, uh, the ability to go to a dojo, for example, and go on out and, and let that emotion out, doesn't mean that they've healed themselves. True, but you're forgetting the secondary part of what comes with that. It comes with, like, especially dojo. I mean, it comes with that learning how to control. It learns with, the, it comes with that meditative part of it, that inner peace, right? So you can't just keep going to a dojo class and tumbling with someone and not absorb that whole part of it. 
So I think that that's part of it when people don't stick with the exercise, that they're not getting that secondary and third part of it, which is that inner peace that we're longing for. So I think that that's why it's so important for me to tell you, tell myself, tell your listeners, tell my clients that exercise and movement is not just for a short-term goal. I don't know if I can ever rid people's brains of that. Like, oh, I'm getting ready for my vacation. I got to drop 30 pounds as opposed to this is the way that you want to move through your entire life. Then this is what you got to do. Yeah. A lot of people. Yeah. To me, that makes total sense because I get that all the time. It's like, oh, vacation's coming. I want to get the six packs, six pack abs in six weeks. I'm like, yeah, good luck. (laughs) You're going to be eating a pea every day for the next six weeks. Great. (laughs) You're going to run a marathon every single day for the next six weeks. Yeah, I'm sure you will. Oh my goodness. Um, It's so funny that people don't understand the, like you said in the beginning of our conversation, the things that you have to do to get your body to look like that. It's not easy. No. And um, I, I get this a lot, especially from women, my women clients, where they tell me, you know what, John, I don't want to look like, uh, like, like I'm ready to go to a bodybuilding show. And I tell them, don't worry, you're never going to get there. Right. And it really makes me sad that women still have that misconception about strength training. It's do you tell them like I do? I'm like, are you planning on taking steroids? And they say no. I'm like, great, then you don't have anything to worry about. <laughs> yeah, I tell them that. And they're like, well, I see that they see that the natural bodybuilders. And I'm like, do you know how long it takes them to get that body? And do you right? know what kind of work goes into it? So I just explain to them just a small portion of what that work goes into it. And by yeah. the time I'm like, not even a third of the way in. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm never going to get there. I don't want that. <laughs> Let me help you out. This is what you tell them from now on. Okay. I don't remember this trainer's name, but in, when I was living in New York, he was on the news and in the fitness segment. And they, and he said in the most simplest terms, if you want my body, quit your job. And I use that all the time because how simple is that sentence but how big is that thought, right? It's like, yeah. if you want to look like me, you have to quit your job. Meaning you have to spend those eight hours at work in the gym. I hope yeah. that was super clear. <laughs> yeah. Or meal prepping or uh, sleeping properly or supplementing properly. Or do it's, it's, it's just such a huge monster. Like you, it, it's near, it's uh, like you said, if you don't, if you quit your job, you can get there. If you're not willing to qu- quit your job, don't worry about it. <laughs> I know. Ugh. Uh, so many, no. so many things that we still have to dispel in our industry. Oh man, you have no idea. <laughs> Actually, I do. <laughs> yeah, I think you do. I think <laughs> you do. Oh man, you, it's yeah. Uh, you have a book out called The Donut Diaries, and this was what interested me. The most about you you're a personal trainer that wrote a book about donut diaries <laughs> talk to us a little bit about why what is the donut diaries well it's definitely not a book about donuts <laughs> i just you know real quick the title is 
a fond memory of when I was a child. I loved donuts and my uncle used to take me once a week or a couple times a month to, and all my California peeps know this, the Winchell's Donut House, okay? It was a huge donut shop. You can liken it to a Dunkin' Donuts, but much better. And he would get me one donut. I would always pick the rainbow sprinkle cake donut. And I never thought about it. It was a treat. It was it was a special time between me and my uncle. And of course, as you grow up, it's like you learn, well, you can never eat donuts. You can never do this. You can never, because they will all make you fat. So when I decided to stop restricting myself and live a life of freedom, having a donut was the first I'm using air quotes here, bad food that I reacquainted myself with. And I was happy to report that it was a beautiful, joyous feeling. I ate my donut on a park bench in Central Park. And then I went off and I didn't think about it again until the next time I wanted a donut. So that's why I titled my book, The Donut Diaries, because it was it's special for me. And then what my book is about is it is my story of my journey of all those four decades of how I just did not know how to take care of my body, how my I felt betrayed by my body and how I just did not have any self-love. And when I turned 40, I decided to make a conscious decision that I was gonna do whatever it took to change that because I did not want the next four decades to be the same. I wanted to be happy and so doing the work to clear all that madness out of my head, and like I mentioned earlier in our conversation, we're on year 11 now. But the beautiful part of this story is that I can wake up every day in the body I'm in and feel no shame, no hatred, and feel absolute 100% love for myself, for Rachel as a, as a person. In all transparency, do I have my moments when I put on an article of clothing or I wake up one day and I don't feel so hot? Of course, but I do know that the skills that I've learned, the things that I tell myself, that's now a fleeting moment as opposed to letting it ruin my entire day. Um, it's funny that you're talking about that and uh, a scene from The Chosen. I don't know if you've watched The Chosen. It's uh this it's a it's the very first serial show on jesus and his disciples and it's it's really well done really well done there's this one scene where uh simon the zealot is um reintroduced into the into the team uh, the, the discipleship and he's doing his exercise he's doing his morning exercises and john goes to him you know your 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 obsession with uh with a physical body smacks of hellenism which was uh which was like <laughs> which was uh it was like an insult back then um mm. me being greek i understand like hellenist hellenists back in the day and now today we actually deem the body as like you said in the beginning a vessel an, an ancient an ancient and blessed vessel that we have to take care of. Um, what I like about you is how you're going about it. It's not the, uh, it's, it's, it's not the, uh, the hard 
you know, muscular for men, the, there's tiny little zero size zero for women. It's what you have, which is great. So I think that's great. And um, we will, uh, where can people find your book, The Donut Diaries? The Donut Diaries is on Amazon. That's really all it's available there now. Cool. Very (laughs) cool. Soon it will be in every bookstore in the world. But until then, it's on Amazon. Awesome. We're going to get to, we're going to get more into that in a little bit. Um, but I wanted to, uh, talk to you a little bit more about the, the donut tires. Like I said, like when you, when you came, when I saw that title, I'm like, Ooh, I like donuts. (laughs) Is that something that, uh, this is, is this going to be a book and tell me how I can eat donuts and still not feel shamed (laughs) being a personal trainer. So like I said, like I really love the title, The Donut Diaries. Talk let's talk talk more about your book. Uh what was one of your what was one of your more defining or aha moments that you had while you were writing your book? That I wanted everyone who read it to know that they weren't alone. And I definitely did not, and like I told you before, I have nothing against self-help books, but I didn't want that to be my book. Like there's definitely not a part in there where I'm like, you have to journal for 30 minutes and smell lavender candles. And I just wanted it to be like, you were sitting on the couch with me and we were talking about everyday life. And I was telling you how I got to where I was. I wanted it to sound like me. I wanted it to be funny and, and a conversation, but more importantly, like I just said, I wanted it. I wanted you to know that you weren't alone. Very cool. Very cool. I love books like that. And I love reading books. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We are coming close to the end of the show. And these are the seven or eight questions I ask all my guests. I just want to get your uh, feedback on these seven or eight topics. Okay. With the increase in people suffering from depression, from the constant uncertainty that we've been living through for the last two to three years, what would be the one thing that you could tell them to keep their hopes up? that everything always gets better, but you have to believe. And I think that the more we get back out to being with each other, the more we get back to, and it could be a new routine, but a routine that makes you feel whole and safe in your environment, then that's a great place to start. Awesome. Uh, What's the one thing that you do daily that amplifies your ability to stay focused? I wake up every single morning and say, thank you. I'm saying thank you to the universe. I'm saying thank you to God. I'm saying thank you to myself. What I just wake up every morning, starting my day in gratitude. If you could pick up the phone right now and call yourself at 20 years old, what would you tell yourself? I would say, Rachel, all the things that you think you are not, you already are. Very cool. Very good. Looking back, would you change anything? No. Well, yes, I do. I would probably never pick up a cigarette. Yeah, you and me both. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only thing. I would never have started smoking. Uh, What scares you? Mm, That changes. 
that this, that my message is, uh, going to fall on deaf ears. Okay, cool. Um, where do you see Rachel Lavin wellness and, uh, the donut diaries in the next five years? Definitely a global efforts with many, many, many amazing women, people, but it's, it's not going anywhere. We are going to change the world. Very good. How about you personally? Where do you see yourself in the next five years? Traveling all over the world, spreading my message, speaking on stages and working with men and women everywhere. And where can people find more about you? I am on the socials, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, all under Rachel Lavin Wellness. My website is also Rachel Lavin Wellness, and that's where I keep anything upcoming events, my where you can find me, where you can book me, where you can talk to me, and my blogs, interviews. Like your amazing interview will be on there. Awesome. Thank you. And we will post all the links to uh, to you, whatever, all the links that you gave us. We'll post in the show notes so everybody has access to it. Plus, we're going to add in the uh, easy access to the Amazon for, to get access to your book, The Donut Diaries, so everybody can purchase it from there. Wonderful. Thank you. Of course. Um, any final thoughts? I just would love to tell your listeners that to be kind to yourself, to be patient with yourself. And no matter how big you see this hurdle, you can do it. Awesome. Rachel, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was a pleasure to have you on here and to talk to you about these uh, really interesting concepts that I'm, I struggle with myself, not just with me personally, but also with my own clients. Uh, they always, they're always striving and me, myself, um, we're always striving to, uh, you know, get the chiseled chest, get the six pack abs, get this, look like this person, look like the Matthew McConaughey's. Well, it's like, so to, so to have somebody like you come on the show and talk and say, you know what? No, you're good. Just the way you are is, is awesome. So thank you so much for, for this. You are so welcome. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much. Going through hard times is just a test. What you need to know is that when you get out of whatever you're going through, you will be stronger than ever before, and you don't need to go through it alone. Always know that you are not alone. Stay tuned for more real people with amazing stories that are just like yours. Until then, to everyone out there listening, I wish you a good morning, good afternoon, or good night, wherever you may be in this crazy world. Hey guys, John from Resilient Reboot Productions and the Fitness Oracle. I just wanted to thank you for watching this episode and I really do hope that you enjoyed it. Please don't forget to subscribe, hit that bell and share this episode if you are watching this on YouTube or on Rumble. If you are listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker FM or whatever streaming service that you may be using, Please give us a five-star rating and a positive review as it will help us reach out to more people that are suffering from mental health issues. Now, if you haven't done so already, um, I am offering access to a free weekly newsletter that we send out every Sunday 
And it was, and it's jam packed with podcasting tips and health and wellness tips to keep you balanced um, in the podcasting and content creating space. So if you haven't done so already, sign up to this free newsletter. It's uh, it's totally free, and it also gives you access to the uh, the Fitness Oracle private community in Mighty Networks, where we talk about this episode. We talk about how to implement how you have implemented these uh, lessons that you've picked up in your life and how it's impacted your life. And we are working on a lot of great other um, um, programs and and uh, support systems for you guys to be able to, uh, to access. So if you haven't done so already, sign up to the newsletter and uh, I'll see you guys on the inside.